This is the Dallas Morning News. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're elevating how Texas banks. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Welcome to Sports Day Cowboys, a podcast all about the Dallas Cowboys, brought to you by the Dallas Morning News. I'm Calvin Watkins. And I'm Michael Gelkin. We're two Cowboys beat writers having a weekly Real Talk conversation about the latest with the team, including interviews, analysis, and debate. The team's most anticipated game of this regular season is almost here. Cowboys-Eagles this Saturday on Christmas Eve. I'm not even sure if the Eagles are going to have their starting quarterback, but the Cowboys might not have their starting corner. Well, I don't know who their starting corner is, and Kelvin Joseph, who did start, was benched. But I don't know who's going to be starting opposite Trayvon Diggs. Does that sound confusing? Because I am confused. There's a lot to learn, certainly, from last Sunday's loss to the Jaguars. What do we make of Dak Prescott's performance? And it's time for T.Y. Hilton. What can we expect in the four-time Pro Bowl wide receiver's expected debut? And as we get ready for Saturday, Christmas Eve, I hope everyone will be happy, we're going to be joined by John Clark of NBC10 in Philadelphia. Sports Day Cowboys starts next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. Let's jump right into it, Calvin. Holiday game, as you mentioned, Christmas Eve. Cowboys defense has changed, I think, the dynamic of this matchup. You were asked me earlier in the season. I think we talked about it. I would say the Cowboys were the superior team. Really hard right now to say that after the recent losses of Anthony Brown, even Jordan Lewis, if you want to talk about the whole cornerback position, both those guys out for the season. Jonathan Hankins, nose tackle, out for the regular season. And now Leighton Vander Esch won't play on Saturday because of a shoulder injury, nerve issue, he could miss multiple games. If you're the Cowboys defense and you have your Christmas wish list, what are you asking for right now, Calvin? I am asking for Deion Sanders to leave Colorado and become a starting cornerback in the National Football League. I mean, the the, the cornerback position is in shambles, and, and you wrote about it this week about this. You know, they got veteran guys there. And they got this young kid, uh, Nashawn Wright, and they got Kelvin Joseph. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs, he's probably going to – I don't know. Trayvon Diggs needs a raise because he is going to shut down one side of the field, and that's how great of a corner he is. But the other side of the field is going to be a mess. 
And if there's something I want for Christmas is I want Deion Sanders. Hell, I'll take Darren Woodson. I'll put him out there in corner. He might be better than what they got right now because, Michael, me and you were in Jacksonville, and I can't remember a time where I saw a corner play as poorly as Kelvin Joseph did in that game against the Jags. That long touchdown, he bit on the double move, and then mm-hmm. just Marvin Jones Jr. was just more physical at the top of his route and got separation uh, there for a short you know, red zone touchdown. And after that, we did not see Kelvin Joseph on the field defensively at all in the fourth quarter, at all in <laughs> overtime. That was it. He got the plug pulled. He was back to doing special teams only. And you had Deshaun Wright finish up the game. I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Wright is the Cowboys' outside corner in their nickel sub package. What we've seen in recent weeks has been Kelvin Joseph has been that outside corner in nickel. Deron Bland is your base outside corner opposite Trayvon Diggs. And then when the team's in a nickel, Bland slides from outside corner to nickel. So Bland has been very important for the Cowboys. He hasn't been perfect by any stretch, but he leads the team with four interceptions. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, Trayvon Mullen. Uh, he's a guy that they signed off uh, last week off, off waivers. I'm not sure he'll be active on Saturday, but he's a possibility. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, Kendall Sheffield, corners on the practice squad. Cowboys have some bodies. All three of those guys I just mentioned, you know, they haven't played this season for Dallas, but they all have made 20 or more starts in their NFL career. So the Cowboys have some options in their building, but these next three games, big part of it is figuring out what the best combination is at that cornerback position because they need to get that position on track. They miss Jordan Lewis. They miss Anthony Brown, probably more so when you look at how Joseph struggled. You know, earlier this week, um, Dan Quinn, the the Cowboys defensive coordinator, he was asked about, are you trying to get your your guys together for these last three games or for the postseason? And he said the postseason because he knows, look, as Dak Prescott said in midweek, look, we're not going to win the division. It's, it's, It's a little bit out of reach. So the best thing you could do right now in the last three weeks is find the best combination of for your team, and in this case, since we're talking about the cornerback position at corner, we know Diggs is going to be out there. We know Deron Bland's going to be out there. So either it's, if it's Nation Wright, let's, let's do it. You know they got Trayvon Mullen, who they got off waivers from Arizona, and I'm like, when is can this man play? I mean, it's not like he's Odell Beckham Jr. He had you know had surgery or something, and we're waiting for him to you know, get a ramp up. So you got people in the building. And if they're not ready to play, why in the world would you get these people in here if they, if they can't go? Because you saw the secondary was carved up. But I'm also concerned a little bit about the loss of our boy Leighton Vanderush. You know, that was – it didn't look like he took a hard hit in the game, but he, he's had some neck issues. It was very scary because he's had spinal fusion surgery, a spinal fusion surgery, something similar to what Damone Clark had, and he's returned. But now he's not going to play against Philly. And I'm not sure when you'll see him on the field, but losing him is another big loss. Yeah, so now you're going up against the best offensive line in the NFL. You're going up against a really talented wide receiver core. A.J. Brown looks like the best acquisition of the year. I'll ask John Clark about that later in the episode. But the one thing that the Cowboys can at least say, all right, well, from an injury standpoint, that's fortunate, is that it sure appears that the Eagles' MVP-level quarterback, Jalen Hurts, probably won't be the guy. Gardner Minshew will be the guy. 
What do you make? Love the hair. Love the hair. Great hair. Great flow. What do you make of that aspect <laughs> of this matchup, Calvin? I know you appreciate good hair. Uh, I do. <laughs> of, about is that, Does that level the playing field a little bit? We're talking about the Cowboys defense and some questions, some struggles. Being without Jalen Hurts, does that make it a bit even? A little bit. You know, I was talking to uh, J. Ron Curse about that, and one of the things I asked him was, Minshew and Hurts, what's the difference? And he said, Hurts gets out of the pocket. You know, he's when it breaks down, he's gone. And they do set run plays for him. They probably won't do that with Garner Minshew, but he can make all the throws, you know, and they have weapons. So if those guys like A.J. Brown and the running back and all these other cats, uh, if they can make plays for him, they're in good shape. Um, but as Kurtz told me uh, the other day, he was like, we want Jalen Hurts to play. We expect Jalen Hurts to play because if the Eagles win this game, they basically clinch the number one seed and they need a little bit of help to have home field throughout the playoffs. And that's what they want. So in Kurtz's mind, he thinks Jalen Hurts is going to play, which I don't think he will. We'll ask uh, our boy from Philly that, you know, in a couple of minutes who he thinks is going to start. But the, the, the Cowboys want Jalen Hurts, and there's a, going to be a major difference in this game without her, without Hurts because Minshew is not as mobile as Hurts as we all know. I don't think he's, he's got a good arm as Hurts, but if those weapons can help him, the Eagles might win this game. One of the most unstoppable plays this NFL season across the league has been Jalen Hurts, something he does as a rusher where, mm-hmm. by the way, Jalen Hurts has the second most first down carries in the NFL behind only Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas Raiders. So he's not your typical quarterback. He's not even your typical mobile quarterback when it comes to this specific area. On third and ones and fourth and ones, 23 times he has run for a quarterback sneak. 22 of those 23 times, it's led to a first down. And so it's pretty much automatic when the Eagles are in a short yardage situation that Jalen Hurts can extend drives, he can get, which often leads to touchdowns, he's a big part of why the Eagles have been so efficient as they have all season, just being able to single-handedly extend drives. It's single-handedly, if you actually look at the way that the design is on these quarterback sneaks, the, the Eagles have one or, or two players behind Hurts who are just driving in the pile behind them. They're literally grabbing and, and keeping their legs moving while just pushing him forward, pushing him forward. And then you've got, you know, with, with the dominant center, but really dominant offensive line, just blowing defenses off the line of scrimmage. And, and that's kind of been much of the story where it all starts with the offensive line. It starts with Jalen Hurts. So the O-line is still going to be there. But Gardner Minshew, even if he does the occasional sneak, uh, he is not Jalen Hurts from an athletic standpoint. No, he's not. I want to ask you a question. I want you to be honest with me because – I'm a little worried about this, even though Dak Prescott said he's not worried about this, and Mike McCarthy said he's not worried about this, and Jerry Jones said he's not worried about this, but I'm worried about it in some ways. Cowboys Nation is worried about it. National media is worried about it. Dak Prescott, since he's returned from breaking his thumb, leads the NFL interceptions. And now all interceptions are created equal. We all understand that. But, Michael... Are you a little bit concerned about the turnovers in Dak Prescott? I'm not concerned. And not only am I not concerned, I'm not concerned in the slightest. Uh, You know, you look at the two interceptions that he had in Jacksonville. The first one, 
you know, maybe you could argue you should just take that sack. You floated that pass, you know, take the sack, live to fight another down. I think that's been a big part of, you know, the, the, the fairest criticism you can levy against Dak Prescott with his ball security and the interceptions is that at times he just pushes it a little too much. He's, he's competing. There's a fine line between just knowing when to, to not quite, you know, when to let a play die. And he's arguably doing too much at, at, the, at those moments. So, okay, I'll give you that interception. But more often than not, I would say, according to Pro Football Focus, I, I, you know, do you know offhand how many interceptions Dak Prescott has on the season? I know that of, of them, an NFL high six of them, Pro Football Focus has determined were not turnover-worthy plays. And so mm. we're talking about when C.D. Lamb doesn't get across at the face of a safety. We're talking about when Josh Ball gets beat off the line and Dak Prescott's arm is hit as, as he throws it. I mean, these are very clear type of plays where they aren't on the quarterback. They go against the quarterback's ledger. And you mentioned national media are critical of Dak Prescott on this thing. They're pretty damn critical of him when it comes to just about anything. <laughs> um, and so I think a lot of it is just hot air. I think a lot of it is space filler. I think a lot, a lot of it is just lazy analysis uh, when it comes to, I mean, we, yeah, I, I won't list any national commentators uh, by name, but it's, 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 it's becoming rather predictable to hear certain analysts with very prominent positions in national media talk ad- negatively about Dak Prescott and his ball security when they really should know better. They really should know the game better. It almost seems disingenuous for just making an argument for argument's sake. So, um, yeah, a lot of it, I think, is just nonsense. And over the course of Dak Prescott's career, got a lot of film to the point that it isn't that big of a problem for him. It's not something that he'll be able it, – it's not something that should be the story of Dak Prescott's entire season. Ball bounces off Noah Brown's hands the way it did in overtime and to return for a touchdown. That is – Really rare type of bad luck, and that's what it's been by and large so far. He's got a lot of bad luck, but but you hope that once they get in the postseason, that some of this bad luck will kind of subside. Because yeah, the the, the pick six is not on Dak; it's on Noah Brown. You got to catch the ball. That's what we were paying you for. You know the the, the other throw to Dalton Schultz. Dak was getting hit, and Dak probably said, "I probably should have kept the ball, taking the sack." There have been times where he has said that. Maybe I should have just thrown it away. Maybe I should have taken the sack, whatever. So we get that. Michael, you've been around almost as long as I have. Quarterback decisions, they're very tricky. You know, it's easy to second guess. It's kind of like game management with the head coach. You know, it's just one of those things that you got to deal with. Totally. Yeah. Whenever you see an interception on the field, your first your first impulse as a, as a fan, as, as, as an observer, medium, or whatever it may be is, what the hell kind of throw was that? <laughs> then as media members, we have access to guys post-game. We have access to game study, you know, film, and we can talk to coaches and all that. And often there's a story behind the interception why there, you know, there was a miscommunication in that throw that looked like the looked like Dak Prescott pressed the, the you know the B button instead of the A button on his video game controller. It, it, it was turns out there was a reason why, because the wide receiver, you know, misread the coverage or whatever it may be. So um, yeah, I think uh, it's there's a lot to it. Not, it's probably more than meets the eye. And you know what, Calvin, having a professional wide receiver, which is what four-time Pro Bowler T.Y. Hilton is, that can only help, you would think. And getting him 
most likely on the field for his team debut, his season debut Saturday. Uh, that's a big deal for this offense. If, if he can be everything that he feels that he is, very confident T.Y. Hilton. You know what, Michael? I don't know if we're going to get any Christmas gifts, but guess what? One of the best sports anchors in the country, our boy John Clark, is coming to Dallas from Philly. He's going to preview the big game, and maybe he might have some Christmas gifts for us. Sports Day Cowboys will talk to John Clark coming up next. You have a three-year plan and a 30-year plan. At Texas Capital Bank, we've transformed our bank to offer solutions that will grow with you. From enhanced treasury management and corporate banking to personal banking and wealth management, we're dedicated to delivering the full-service support you need to secure the growth and success of your business. All from a full-service financial firm founded and headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Texas Capital Bank. Member FDIC. TexasCapitalBank.com. John Clark of NBC10 in Philadelphia is a longtime sports anchor who knows all about Philly sports. He does a podcast called Take Off with John Clark, where he interviews some of the movers and shakers of Philly sports. And this week, we're going to talk all about the Eagles. Hey, John, how you doing? Uh, doing great. Nothing like Dallas week. That's what we call it here in Philly. And uh, looking forward to coming to Dallas, but I'm not too happy about this, like, 10 degrees I'm hearing <laughs> over Christmas in, in Dallas. So You must be bringing the weather here, bro. You're right. You're right. Chicago last weekend where the Eagles beat the Bears, that was brutal. Thank goodness this game is in Jerry World. <laughs> <laughs> that we can all agree. There has been a lot of excitement about, a lot of anticipation about this game around Dallas. I know in Philadelphia it's been about a about as smooth of a season thus far uh, in terms of just stacking together wins, but is this game something over there that people have been talking about for a while too? No doubt. Uh, this is the game that they look to every single year, especially when it's this late in the year. And I got to tell you, it's a phenomenon that's been my whole life. I, I see it on social media. Sometimes I think Eagles fans are more excited when the Cowboys lose than when the Eagles win. And I saw this past weekend, the Eagles beat, you know, the worst team in the NFC, the Bears. But I saw people just as excited or even more excited with the Doug Peterson victory over the Cowboys in Jacksonville. So I think Eagles fans love to see Jerry's face up in the suite and see Cowboys fans all sad when the Cowboys lose just as much as when the birds win. All right. Who's, 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 who's my quarterback this week? Is it Jalen Hurts? Is it my boy Gardner Minshew? I mean, what's your gut feeling about who should start on Saturday night? My gut feeling, if I had to bet my house, uh, I think it's going to be Gardner Minshew because, look, if this was a playoff game, I think Jalen Hurts is playing. Mm -hmm. But the Eagles only need to get one win in their last three games to clinch home field throughout. So I think if there's any issue with Jalen Hurts, sprained shoulder, it's not a serious injury from what I'm told, but you got to make sure that this doesn't affect anything for the playoffs and – Rest and rehab is the most important thing for him. So my opinion, I think Jalen does not play, and I think it is Minshew mania making it. <laughs> I love that Minshew mania. I, I'm gonna make a prediction right now. He's gonna throw for 300 yards on Christmas Eve. What do you think about that, Michael? John, what do you think? We guys. Hey, look, I, I think that's a possibility because I think the Cowboys secondary right now is going through some issues with the injuries, and uh, they got some problems back there and then you got Leighton Vander Esch um I think that uh I think that there could be some issues and and I gotta tell you I mean 
when you have receivers like A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith on the outside, plus the speed of Quez Watkins, and then you have Dallas Goddard returning for this game, and he hooked up with Gardner Minshew last year for two touchdowns in the game they played, I do think there's going to be points scored by both teams. I think this is going to be one of those, you know, 34 to 28 or, you know, high-scoring game. 300, here we go. Here we, here we go, baby. I want 300 yards. You, you mentioned all the weapons there, John, and that's not even including the offensive line that says good, probably the best in the, in the NFL. All that being considered, all that surrounding talent, some would say that makes Jalen Hurts, I say some, Cowboys linebacker Micah Parsons, let's call it what it is. He has said, and I think others might agree, that that might make Jalen Hurts a less viable MVP candidate where do you stand on that? Is Hurts your MVP and why? I think up until now, Jalen Hurts is the MVP. And I base it on total production and his limited turnovers. Now, he did have the two interceptions in Chicago, but he literally said he couldn't feel his hands. His hands were so numb and he hadn't played in cold weather like that. Whatever. Toss that aside. I think Patrick Mahomes has, what, 9, 10, 11 interceptions? Jalen Hurts has five interceptions. And he had the best interception percentage in the NFL coming into this past week. So when you look at the totality of everything, the production, he's tied for the most total touchdowns in Eagles history with the great Randall Cunningham. I think when you look at everything, I think Jalen Hurts is the MVP. When you look at throwing the ball, running the ball, and the lack of turnovers from Jalen, he is now, if he doesn't play this week, we don't know if he's going to play again for the rest of the regular season because if they clinch home field throughout in Dallas, you may not see him for about five weeks until the playoff game at the link. If he doesn't play on Saturday and Gardner Mishu doesn't throw for 300 yards, he struggles, the Eagles lose, do you think that in a game that Jalen Hurts doesn't play, his MVP candidacy will be helped because, oh, that's what the Eagles look like without him? It's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I do think that that could help the cause a little bit. Um, now, if Patrick Mahomes goes off the next couple weeks, you know, four or five touchdowns in a game, stuff like that, he, he can get the MVP. And I, and I think that could happen, especially if, if Jalen doesn't play. Um, but I think, I think you're right. Like if the Eagles go to Dallas, they lay an egg and they lose, that kind of helps his MVP cause. Now, if the Eagles go to Dallas and they win, Gardner Minshew plays great. Miles Sanders is running all over the Cowboys defense and gave up close to 200 to the Jags on the ground last week. Then I think you say, oh, Micah Parsons. Is there a <laughs> tiny bit of truth to it is such a good team that you can put another quarterback in there? I'm not taking away anything from Jalen Hurts because I think he's the MVP. And I think that he takes this offense to another level with his running ability, with the RPOs, the read options. Um, but but I think this is going to be a fascinating game to see what happens if Gardner Minshew is in there. If the Eagles do lose in Dallas, I think you could see Jalen play against the Saints in the second-to-last game at home at the link. You've seen a Super Bowl team, which was improbable, with Doug Peterson and Nick Foles. Would you say that this team that you're following right now – which we assume are Super Bowl contenders, how would you compare the two? Because I would think this team might have a maybe a little bit more talent, maybe a little bit younger. I don't know. What do you think? I'll tell you, that's a great question. Brandon Graham, who played on both, thinks that this team is more talented. And 
It's amazing because when you look at A.J. Brown, when you add him to this offense, A.J. Brown now has more yards in his first season with the Eagles than anybody else in Eagles history, and that's including T.O. in the first year with the Birds. So you add him in with the speed of Devontae Smith, and then Dallas Goddard, he was the Pro Bowl tight end in the NFC until he got hurt. Then the best offensive line in football, and you can run whenever you want with Miles Sanders and your quarterback. You know, behind Justin Fields is the best running quarterback. I've seen defenses all year try to stop them, but when they do, they ran for like 370-plus yards. <laughs> and then against the Packers, you know, you can do whatever you want. You can throw for 400 or you can run for 370 against some of these defenses. So the Eagles can pick whatever they want to do. And then defensively, you know, we had a great question on our Eagles game plan show today. Would you rather have one stud, Micah Parsons, who's the best defensive player in football, or the Eagles have like four or five guys who – could possibly have double-digit sacks this year. No one's ever done that in the history of the NFL. So you've got guys coming in on the defensive line in waves that can sack the quarterback. And then the secondary, Slay and Bradbury, they're the best secondary in football. Eagles are only giving up 172 passing yards a game. That is by far, by 20 yards, best in the NFL. You can't throw on these guys. They're so good. So I think when you look at the totality of everything, I think it's probably a little more of a complete team than the Super Bowl team. But it's hard to argue with a team that won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback and a backup left tackle. So if Brandon Graham says this team's more talented, I'm not going to disagree with BG. A.J. Brown, you mentioned him earlier from the outside. Maybe the best, most impactful transaction of the offseason was that trade for him. Do you view it that way? And what has he meant to the Eagles this season? I'm telling you, guys, I, I don't know if I have seen a quarterback just absolutely jumped to the level that Jalen Hurts has in his second year. I mean, I saw the playoff game last year against the Bucs where he was totally flustered by all the things that the Bucs defense was doing through a couple picks and the Eagles were never in that game. And to see what he's doing from the get-go this year, his deep ball, I will put up against anybody's in football right now. I don't know if you saw against the Titans, A.J. Brown, where literally there's no separation and the cornerback's shoulder pad is right here on AJ. The ball just comes in slow-mo, lands like half on the shoulder pad. AJ just scoops it up off the shoulder pad. These deep throws that Jalen Hurts is making this year are insane. In fact, he threw that 68-yarder, dropped it into a bucket to AJ in Chicago in the fourth quarter after spraining his shoulder. So Mm. the level that Jalen Hurts has gotten to, MVP level this year, from a second-round draft pick, I think A.J. Brown has a big part of that, kind of like Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo and raising the level of play, of course, of Josh Allen there. So I think it's incredible what A.J. Brown has done because you can't you can't defend this Eagles offense because if, if you try to get that extra safety in the box to try to defend the run, then you're going to have man coverage out there with Devontae and A.J. Brown. But then again, if you leave your safeties back to try to help out your corners, Eagles are going to run all day on them. John, before we uh, see you on Christmas Eve, we got some prime rib for you and some Christmas cookies. Give us a quick prediction on what you think might happen on uh, Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon, rather. This is a great question. Um, These teams are so similar in a couple regards. They're number one and number two in sacks. Mm -hmm. They're number one and number two in turnover differential. 
They both score about 28, 29 points a game, give up around 19. I think you're looking at like a 33 to 31 game, 34, 31. I think this is a spot for the Cowboys because the Eagles don't absolutely need the game. Cowboys are coming off a really tough loss in Jacksonville. They're coming back home. Cowboys are desperate to get a win, beat the Eagles, show that they can beat the Eagles. And if the Eagles are coming in with Gardner Minshew, I don't think he's going to be able to throw the ball down the field like Jalen. So I think this could be a Cowboys win. I got to be honest with you, everybody in Philly that I talk to, former Eagles are like, nah, this is the Eagles. It doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. But I think Cowboys are trying to show something here. And the Eagles, they don't need this game. They don't have to have it because they could clinch against the Saints or Giants. So I think it could be like 34-31 Cowboys. Awesome. Well, thank you, John, so much for joining us. You really helped us feel like we're getting ready. You brought the goods, the research is all there, the stats. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. And I wish the weather would be warmer for you, but it most certainly is not. Hey, thank goodness for Jerry World and that, what is it, $1.5, <laughs> $2 billion? I don't even know. Whatever it costs, they're adding to it. Thank goodness for that, that heat that is in Jerry World. We appreciate it. Yeah, we'll give you, we'll give you some beer after the game. Those beer taps be waiting on you guys from Philly. Nice. John Clark from NBC uh, 10 in Philly. We appreciate it. Coming up next, we talk to the people as Sports Day Cowboys continues. Hey, listeners. This is Damon Marks. I'm the Cowboys editor for the Dallas Morning News. That includes the Sports Day Cowboys podcast that you're listening to right now. What I love about this beat is the nonstop news cycle that is the Dallas Cowboys. But beyond that daily adrenaline rush, being able to reveal the human side of the players you watch on TV is a privilege. Calvin and Michael talk to these players each week to bring you the behind-the-scenes stories that you can't get anywhere else. If you want to support this good work, it's easy. Just subscribe to the Dallas Morning News and become a member. You'll find a special offer just for listeners at dallasnews.com slash listen. Welcome back to Sports Day Cowboys on my Christmas list. And you know what? It's my New Year's resolution. It's all I ever want. My birthday in July, I want voice memos. I want to hear from listeners. I want to hear from Dallas Morning News subscribers, Cowboys fans. Hear their questions so we can answer them on this podcast. We do have two questions today. One, a voice memo, and one that we will read that was submitted to us. So let's start with a question from... JJ, Joe Joseph from Toronto. Hi. Uh, yeah, just a quick question since you guys are connected. Uh, amongst these names, Isaac Taylor Stewart, the cornerback, Semi Fajoko, the wide receiver, Rico Dowdle, running back, Matt Willetsko, Devin Harper, Matt Farniok, I guess Jonathan Hankins, but we know he's coming back in four weeks apparently, uh, Alec Lidstrom, and Devontae Bond. Um, do we expect any of these guys to come off IR uh, before the end of the season or at the end of the season for the playoffs? JJ, that's a, a very good question. Now, we all know Jonathan Hankins is going to come back. He's going to miss the rest of the regular season because of a, of that pec muscle that that is partially torn. But he should be back for the postseason. And the Cowboys have missed him because I really think he was just starting to get into a rhythm uh, with this team after they acquired him from Las Vegas. As for the other guys, Michael, who do you got? Who, who who do we think might come back? That's on IR right now. 
So the Cowboys have only eight chances all, all, all regular season to activate a player from physically unable to perform list, from injured reserve, from practice squad injured reserve. And so they've been very economical with who they use their designations on because they don't want to run out. Jonathan Hankins, as JJ acknowledged in his question, he will be activated. The Cowboys expect to do that at the start of the postseason. I would say one name to keep an eye on is Matt Farniak, a center who suffered a real nasty hamstring injury, uh, is in field goal protection, uh, where a couple guys just fell on top of him and the weight was too much. And so his leg gave out. Two of his tendons uh, were damaged. He's been really going at it on the rehab field with director of rehabilitation, Britt Brown, now for a few weeks. So uh, I, I think right now, the Cowboys are in a situation where they don't necessarily need uh, the interior offensive line depth per se because you have Tyler Biotis, who's been a rocket center, knock on wood, and then left guard Connor McGovern has position flexibility where he could appear at center if needed. But Matt Farniak uh, is a guy who is training in the right direction, and uh, we'll see how the Cowboys sort it out. They only have seven offensive linemen on their 53-man roster right now. Uh, they've been turning to their practice squad for their eighth offensive lineman. They've been doing that pretty much all season. Uh, but Farniak uh, theoretically could be the eighth lineman very soon on the 53. Michael, we got a question from one of our readers, Mr. Darwin L. Brown. And he asked, why does Dak hold the ball so damn long? Whoa, whoa, calm down with the language. His release is so slow. By now, he should be able to throw receivers open or at least anticipate better. Interesting question. Michael, what do you what do you think? You know, it was interesting. I looked back to see, like, it's Dak Prescott slow to throw. And I looked at the numbers, and 37.7% of his passes are released at 2.5 seconds or sooner. And that is pretty low. Uh, it's 31st in the NFL of all NFL quarterbacks with at least 100 attempts this season. You know, the quickest to throw uh, isn't necessarily a – a fantastic list. It's Colt McCoy. It's PJ Walker. But then you start seeing guys like Joe Burrow, Tom Brady uh, show up. Trevor Lawrence is up there as well. Uh, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Jalen Hurts. So it's a good list to to be on because if you're getting rid of the football quickly, regularly, uh, chances are defenses aren't able to get you uh, in terms of pressure on the quarterback. But I don't know how much of a problem this is. You see with Dak Prescott's athleticism, a lot of scramble drill type throws. He's definitely done more with his legs this season. And so there's been some positive plays that have come from that. He, Michael Gallup, a few weeks ago, connected on a scramble with drill, a touchdown. And so you see him creating with his legs after that initial two and a half seconds. And likewise, you know, it's not like Dak Prescott has been sacked a whole lot where protection is really showing up as, as an issue. He's been sacked 12 times all season uh, in nine games, but even still, it's not like it's this huge problem. So I don't necessarily have a problem with it. To me, it's, it's a quarterback who's athletic, who's creating, uh, doing more of that this year than he had the past couple of seasons. So uh, I, I think no, no harm on, on, on this part of his game. No, I agree. I mean, I don't, I don't think this is an issue. Um, if anything, you could say with well, Dak might be holding it a little bit too long because he's trying to make a play and that's okay. You know, when I look at some of the other elite quarterbacks in the game, like Josh Allen from Buffalo, he's he's giving him the ball 2.82 seconds. You know, the, the guy who might play this weekend 
against the Cowboys, Jalen Hurts, he's holding the ball 2.77 seconds. So, you know, one of Michael's favorite quarterbacks in the world, Derek Carr in Vegas, he's <laughs> holding the ball almost three seconds. He's he, he officially is 2.9. You know, Mahomes is at 2.8. So it's, you know, what's two? Is there a big difference between 2.82 and 2.71? Yeah, it is, but it's not the end of the world. So, um, you know, I, I, I think there are times where Dak's aggression has, has, has hurt him a little bit. And I think part of that aggression is I'm holding on to the ball a little bit longer because I'm trying to make this throw to CeeDee Lamb or Noah Brown or to one of my tight ends like Ferguson or, or Schultz. So it, like I, I'm with you a thousand percent. To me, Mr. Brown, Darwin L. Brown, it, it's not a big deal. I don't think his release is slow. I think it's just fine. Some of what he's describing is the actual release where it's, it's elongated. I don't think mm-hmm. it's it's a Tim Tebow situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's if anything, Dak Prescott has become more efficient with time when it comes to his release. So, um, yeah, maybe it's something uh, we'll see on Saturday and we'll get an I told you so uh, comment next week. But I think overall uh, that's not on the things that are necessarily on our purview going into this game <laughs> or moving forward. No, that's not. And real quick, Calvin, before we go, mm-hmm. prediction, Cowboys-Eagles, who you got? Man, uh, I was sleeping and tossing and turning because I was a little nervous about this. I'm taking the Dallas Football Cowboys to win a, a, a close game. I really think that they're going to do it this time. I'm, I'm confident in America's team. What do you got? Cowboys were down by three points in the fourth quarter in Philadelphia with Cooper Rush at quarterback. I got to think that they find a way to win this at home. Yeah, I'll say the Cowboys squeak by, you know, three-point type of margin on Saturday. And on that note... Thank you, everyone, for listening to Sports Day Cowboys. The show is produced by Damon Marks, and you can stay up to date on every episode by following Sports Day Cowboys wherever you get your audio, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can also find the show by following the Dallas Morning News and those same players. And you can find links to everything we do at dallasnews.com slash listen. And you also find a special membership offer just for listeners. And we also want to hear more from you. So email us your questions, comments, and voice memos at dmncowboys at dallasnews.com. And you can also ping us directly on Twitter at dmn underscore cowboys and on Facebook at Cowboys Fan Central. For the news, I'm Calvin Watkins. And I'm Michael Gelkin. We'll see you next week. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.